episode 228, The Speed of Implementation. Michael Lassen. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, the alpha round. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, TEDx keynote speaker and best-selling author. I'm with you on this journey every week. If you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk, within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Go over, follow all the links, and head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and jump on the inside. Let's connect, let's take it to the next level. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. Okay, welcome back. We have an awesome one today. We have a marketing and mindset nerd. For 20 plus years he's been doing this and it's he's all about the speed of implementation these days. So that's what we're going to really dig into today. It's going to be a really useful one. It's, we've got Michael Lassen here and he's from Copenhagen, Denmark. And we're going to talk about how you can potentially turn you know trauma or challenges that you've had in your in your past in your life or currently and how you can turn that all around so um and this is going to be interesting one today because firstly i'm going to ask michael are you ready to awaken your alpha today well actually i'm not so i, I guess i'm probably the first one to to answer that way <laughs> i know and you, and you prepped me you prepped me but i i'm but that's it i don't, i'm really interested in this answer because like you say it's you are the first one to say that in some shape well we do have some people who say it it's already awakened as, as it should be but um and variations but not a flat no so yeah let's dig into that then well i mean is there anything you'd like to add to your introduction but also let's i'm really interested in your answer to this question <laughs> Well, well, there's two things to it. Um, the, the first part is, is simply for practical reasons. You know, first of all, we moved this, and I have a lot of things going on in my life right now that I'm not going to let uh, you know come between um, having this uh, this meeting. Second of all, is that is one of the big things for me to talk about. The fact is that if you wait uh, by taking action until you feel ready, you will pretty much all the time have uh, lost some momentum uh, because you won't have taken action fast enough and as it's getting more and more generally known is that it, it is one of the things that most successful people have in common is that they take action as fast as possible. So in, in that sense, no, I'm not ready, but yeah, I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> Hit nail on the head. You know, if you wait until you're ready, you, you never do anything. <laughs> so absolutely awesome. Stand out. So I, I thought, you know, why not say no? <laughs> <laughs> the power of no, you know, it's uh, very oh, good. Sure. Tell us a little bit, we're going to jump straight into your origins. Obviously, Again, we don't have so many people on the show from Denmark, so tell us a little bit about where you're originally from. I'm going to assume from that country at least, but I could be wrong. So tell us a little bit about where you're originally from and what you wanted to be growing up. Well, I mean, I, I grew up here in, in, in Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark, uh, alone with my mom, who was really interested in, uh, in psychology and, and worked with that uh, for years. So I sort of got that in uh, pretty early on and, uh, and, and got some... Uh, both cool insights into you know that there's steeper levels to uh, what people are doing and why they're doing it. Uh, in hindsight, maybe it was too early, but uh, on the other hand, it it, it really it, it caught my interest very early on. And um, then then what happened is that uh, one afternoon I I woke up from a nap and turned on the TV, which is pretty usual being 19 or 20, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I saw Tony Robbins, and and he I didn't know who he was. I was just like. Who is that? And then he talked about phobias, and I had two massive phobias. 
And then I actually used speed of implementation without knowing what it was. And I went in straight uh, the same evening and, uh, and bought his book. I went back home and I got to the part where he has a drill and I did it. And it was actually the wrong one, uh, but it worked anyway. <laughs> I could think about needles uh, in I think 15 years without flinching and, and going into panic. And, and then I asked my mom and said, <clears throat> you know, how, do, how long does it typically take for, for, you know, to work with phobias? And she said, well, it was sort of, you slowly expose yourself to it over a period of three to six months. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. And there was a lifelong passion for you know, personal change that got started right then and there. Wow. It's, it's, and, so, and it, yeah. it's fun to think about that. The fact that if I hadn't gone in and, and, and bought that book, you know, I literally took my bike and rode for like five miles or something. Uh, if I hadn't done that, I would have probably forgotten about it the day after. And who knows? Yeah. Well, like you said, it's a great example of speed of implementation there. And it's, it's also interesting to see, I don't know if it's just a run recently, but so many, how many people, mention at least mention tony robbins in their you know in their origin story or their backstory and for d different different moments like they're potentially their awakening moment but i mean i want to run straight into that that may not be it but w when do you feel like you really kind of hit your stride and you talked to me before the interview in terms of you didn't feel for a while that you could combine kind of your two passions or your two areas of expertise when do you feel like you really had your awakening moment that this this is it this is how you're going to put yourself forward in the world and this is what you're going to do well there's two parts to it uh, first of all is that um, that that after i got uh, the box so to speak is then i just went straight to uh, the source and and i took all of richard Candler, who started nlp which was part of what uh, tony did back yep. in the 80s uh, and I took all of his trainings uh, over the period of, of one year, which is in hindsight probably too much. <laughs> but anyway, I, I started implementing it and I, I worked with people I knew. And, you know, I remember the first guy I helped uh, who had to, uh, in order to go to the next level in the army, he had to jump from uh, three meters uh, head first into water. And so we worked and we literally went straight um, and tested it. And yeah. I remember standing there on the side going, whoa, this, this is so cool. <laughs> uh, but then I, I, I found out pretty quickly that it wasn't good enough to be really good at what you were doing. Uh, I kind of also had to figure out how to market and, and how to sell myself. And I was really fortunate to get introduced to, to some of the good guys in the direct response marketing world, like John Carlson and Gary Halbert, Jay Abraham, etc. So pretty quickly that turned into a lifelong passion as well. This is the Yoda question amongst all of that and it could be someone else who helped awaken your alpha you know who really do you think turned up at the right moment i think it was definitely richard bandler because i grew up without uh, a dad uh, i had my granddad for sort of doing um, you know dad stuff yeah uh, on the side so to speak um but really seeing uh, richard bandler doing his thing and and recognizing that that i was in front of a true master and also then, you know, getting results myself, both on a personal level and by helping others. If you're looking for sort of an alpha moment, I guess that was it. And actually speaking of, and I rarely tell this story, there was two funny stories is that I was 22, I think, when I was at his first training. And he did a hypnotic age regression. And he talked about that your skin was going to get younger and it was going to be 10 years younger. And I didn't thought much of it at the time, but then the next morning I had pimples on my face. <laughs> and it was, it was only after I got home, I went, oh, the <laughs> must have been it. <laughs> well, I want to dig into really kind of the meat and potatoes of implementation in terms of like, what's like, 
kind of for people listening that like a, a step-by-step of sort of how to's behind the power of speed of implementation well I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about um, what happened last year is that uh, I got invited into uh, to speak at, at a mastermind with a guy called Dan Meredith uh, yeah <laughs> we know him <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, and, and so I, I went to, uh, to Cyprus to, to do that presentation. And then on the way, you know, I used one of my favorite questions, which uh, basically the structure is that if I knew how to do X, Y, Z, what would I need to do, what I need to add to it or something um, like that. Then I asked myself the question, well, if there was someone who did speed of implementation sort of just by habit, uh, who could that be? And then it was funny, then, um, you know, Joe Polish, uh, the famous marketer, his face popped up and I went, wow, that's, that's odd. And then <laughs> I remember that, that he talked about a passion project of his, which was working with addicts. And I went, oh, that, that's exactly what addicts did. And I remembered Richard Banda talking about it like 18 years earlier, 19 years earlier, uh, that what addicts do, for example, is that they literally see a big picture of the next high and they have no thoughts to what the consequences are going to be behind yeah. the future and they just do and i went hmm that's interesting so that's something i i've incorporated uh, since then is that uh, and and of course i've also heard you know people on your podcast talk about you know the power of the big vision and think big etc and and there's something physical to that as well is that once you see that and then you make that decision that uh, i need to for this yeah sort of a, a very rough shortcut of, uh, of what happens when it's also interesting what I then discovered only just a couple of months ago is that when I talk with people about stuff that they actually were going to do or had done they would in fact see it as a big picture you could see that you know looking at their pupils etc is that they would actually make a big picture but that's what I'm all about is yeah. what works and then after that see how can we make it even better would you like to go into a little bit more depth in that? I'm just thinking it's for people listening as well. Yeah, I, I love the reverse engineering as well. Is that where you would start then, do you think, with someone? And I know you talked about turning sort of past challenges or sort of trauma into, a, into kind of a strength and turning that around. I mean, one of the things that I see as the, as, as the biggest keys of why it's so effective to use speed of implementation and, and take action as fast as possible after either making a decision or getting an idea is that, by taking action, what you're really doing is that you're focusing on where you're going instead of where you are. And that's one of the big things that holds people back is that they are, they are too focused on where they are and what's yeah. wrong, what's lacking. And as we all know, you know, it, even just opening one book about personal development or spirituality even is the thing about that what you focus on, you tend to get more of. So it, that's one of the reasons why it works so well is that it forces you to look at where you're going and you know speaking of tony that's the old metaphor that if um, if your car is spinning out of control it's really important to focus on where you want the car to go instead of where it's currently going yeah then you're gonna end up there and the, the other thing is that uh, when i heard about speed of implementation for the first time i think 10 years ago is that um I thought, well, um, again, asking that question, if, if there was something else to it, uh, what could that be? Or just in general, you know, is what's next? And then I thought, well, um, uh, what, what, what happens ideally when you take action is either that you get, uh, you get what you want or you can learn from it. And so uh, I call that speed of integration, sort of like a, 
twin principle, if you will. Yeah. Is that okay. It's a really cool thing to learn as quickly as possible you can from that action because otherwise you're just going to take uh, a lot of action really quickly and you potentially are going to make the same mistake over and over again. Where I sort of came up with a, a really cool pre-frame for, for speed of implementation was that I was hired uh, almost 10 years ago to work um, on some uh, mindset stuff uh, with guys who were in one of these sort of old-fashioned uh, pickup community uh, trainings, if you will. Okay. And, and they had done the assignment of every day going out and approaching 50 women or 50 girls. And, and, and to, to say that in a mild manner, uh, they weren't quite thrilled with that uh, assignment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened with, I think it was the, the second guy I worked with, I talked to him and, and, and I said to him, well, wait a minute, how about we look at it this way? That before you start a, a conversation, look at it this way. Only three things can happen and they're all positive and it's within your control, is that either you get what you want, which is good, or there's something you can learn, which is like the speed of integration, or you don't get either of the two. And I remember so vividly that I, I thought, just for splitting, what am I going to say next? <laughs> and, and then what I said is, well, you get to practice your ability to keep your focus where it empowers you. And, and then I, I realized pretty quickly after that, that, well, those three things, they hold, pretty much true across all contexts, like whether it be poker players, salespeople, uh, what have you, is that any type of action you take, you can put the result into one of these three boxes. Is that either you got the result you wanted, uh, you could learn something from it, that maybe you actually need it in order to get the long-term goal, or you yeah. could use it for access to keeping your focus. So that has made a big difference, have that as a preframe, because then there's less fear, because you realize you actually have control yourself no matter what happens, to turn it into something that's possible. I love that. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Is there a specific quote, maybe something you've said or just something someone said that could be an all-time favorite quote that you like to really live your life by? If you looked at it every day, it would, it would be a good day. It would help your day. Well, well I'm glad you mentioned that it could be one of my own because I, I, I think <laughs> it might be actually. I'm not sure. I'm sure other people have thought. Yeah. But, but it is something to the extent of, of uh, if you want to resonate with people who are on a winning path, um, then you really have to be prepared to face a lot of negativity from people who are either on a different path or on a losing path. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah. And no, I, like, I like that. Yeah. Because it, it, it's really important to keep that in mind because... I, I don't um, think enough people talk about that. To be fair, I know it's mentioned, but in these sort of interviews, not a lot of people dwell on that side, which because it is kind of it's kind of a negative side. But it is it's you've got to you've got to be aware of the reality, and because if you don't mention it, like you've got to be prepared for what what you're talking about that does happen to absolutely everyone. Well, and, and it's also the thing that that uh, people who are on a winning path, they they literally do things differently than people who aren't. They think differently they feel differently, they act differently, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to realize you cannot cater to both. That, that would be impossible. Yeah, that's and a good point. That's a really good point. It's going to be bland. You're going to be boring. You're not going to resonate with any of them. So you really have to take a pick. Of course. Yeah, make, make that choice. Yeah, yeah uh, and, and, and make it wisely. <laughs> I like the clarity on that because so many people get stuck, like you say, trying to um, play small to please others, basically because they don't want to upset other people who are obviously are going to sort of raise their hand or become vocal when you start doing something or acting a certain way and getting a certain level of in their eyes success or in their eyes changing um, and people always say oh you're changing or you've changed 
as a bad thing. Like, <laughs> exactly. mindset, again, and people I speak to all the time, off the bat, instantly, the people who I resonate with see that as a good thing. And that, I mean, there's so many comparisons where you say, like you say, it's either a, a yes or a no, or light or day, or it is, you know, a choice of what you're going to do in terms of the people you're going to associate with. And I mean, for me, that just popped into my head that people I speak to through these sort of interviews, if I said, you know, are oh, you changing? It would be meant as a compliment or you've changed and they would take it as a compliment. But in a lot of ways, some people see that as a, a negative thing. Like it's bad that you've changed from when you were, you know, 18 years old or something. <laughs> yeah, like like before we, we talked, I think last month or something like that, it's been yeah. years since we talked. But what I also like about looking at it uh, this way is that, and, and it happens a lot of times, it, it comes up when, when I coach people, is that I, I have people think of it this way, is that if you don't get that negativity, it's a really bad sign. It <laughs> means that you're not you enough. You're not making a difference. You're not a, on a winning path. Because if you're not on a winning path, well, yeah, then then you're not gonna upset. That's a really good point. You've just right. I think I've been playing it a bit too safe recently because I haven't got any abuse recently. No, <laughs> I uh, I remember the first time I got oh, your classes. Your, your first probably official hater that was like nice and clear and like on social media. And I was like, because I've been waiting for it. Because again, I've been hearing about different things from, and I had nothing. And I was a bit disappointed. And then I finally got it. And I honestly, again, I suppose it's your perspective and how you frame things but i was honestly genuinely not even pretending i was like celebrating because i was like yes i must be doing something right now finally because it, it took quite a while for me so some of us are later developers than others but i, I got i got a hater um i need some more actually so uh, maybe i'll try and step things up just to you know annoy someone and uh, get someone to really appreciate you know that's the better way <laughs> it was like one of my other mentors in marketing dan kennedy he he's sort of famous for saying that if you haven't pissed off anyone at, at noon you're just not pushing hard enough <laughs> I, I think he's a little too radical i, I say <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the more you have the courage to piss off a lot of the wrong people i i think the last time i heard uh, the count on, on on this planet earth was 7.56 billion and you know the, there's this saying in 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 marketing worlds that uh, the thing about the thousand fans is that all you need is a thousand true fans and then you can sort of relatively easy make a, a six-figure living if you sort of know what you're doing out of that many people a thousand is not a lot no and and uh, last time i heard the count of members of the flat earth society was five or six thousand uh and um and and there's also um uh, there's another sort of membership in the U.S. of yeah. people being abducted by aliens and molested, uh, and I think they are eight thousand. So, do you think you can find a thousand? <laughs> That's interesting. But again, I suppose the keys, the key difference there is, like you said, true fans, as opposed to you know, like oh, I got you know, I got five thousand or a thousand Facebook friends. It, like true fans, like you say, that's the I completely a thousand of them. You know, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and the thing is, how can you get true fans if you're not yourself? Yeah, they won't know. Yeah. <laughs> how are they going to differentiate you from, you know, anyone else who's out there? It's, it's, it's really true and it's really good to hear reviewing and reminding because, you know, with people, we need to, you need to do this sort of stuff daily. So this is, this is awesome stuff. Is there a particular book that's either your, one of your favorite books of all time or you think is really relevant? I'd really like, if you could find, think of a specific one to do with power, of speed of implementation. If there isn't one, maybe you should write one. Well, uh, I am. As far as I know, there isn't any books on it, which is like unbelievable. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely shooting for be, being the, the first one to, to really 
go deep on it uh, and, and have actual how-tos that makes a difference. Uh, if I had to mention one book that has uh, potentially made the biggest difference uh, is, uh, is a book by L. Michael Hall called uh, Games Slim and Fit People Play. And, and the thing is that uh, I've never had a particularly you know, a uh, big issue with overweight, um, that, that would be, um, uh, that just wouldn't be accurate. Yeah. Uh, but, but the thing is that, that there's a couple of things I really like about it is that he, he was really early on in turning things into a game uh, and using the gamification, which I think is, is just going to be a bigger and bigger uh, thing to incorporate in, in business, uh, in marketing, um, and even to a certain extent, uh, you know, in your personal life, you know, we see it with apps and trackers and, and stuff like that. It, it just, uh, it, it lends itself towards the way that, that society and, and our brains are, are going, et cetera, et cetera. There's also some really cool things in it. And, and one of the things that that, uh, that he talked about uh, really clearly as, as the first one I've ever saw it, is about uh, taking ownership of something. Mm. Uh, and speaking of, of, of alpha, uh, that's something that, that I think is very alpha is to think that you take ownership of things, that you take ownership of who you are. You take ownership of wanting whatever it is that you're wanting and you take ownership of your you know, self-awareness, your confidence level, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I took some of the exercises from that book and, and, and built upon them and it, it's just fabulous. What would you say is one of your kind of, alpha habits that if you if you didn't do it on a daily basis or if not daily almost daily that you, you're going to have a, a worse week a worse day it really helps keep you either productive or healthy happy and you know on the on the right lines well two things first of all is getting up early um, because with, with the family and, and two small children um, that just gives me time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and for you know doing meditation for planning writing etc that's that that's my time that's where yeah. I, I get the most done and, and that's where I, I, I really connect with each day and, and literally take ownership of the day. And then second of all, I, I'd say is that, that, I don't know how to phrase it, but having a, an open mindset and testing things on a regular basis, uh, which is one thing I've taken from the marketing world uh, is like A-B split testing is I'm also looking, uh, I'm always looking for what, what's the next thing I can test that even if it makes, even if I have to spend two weeks testing a new thing, whether it be lemon, warm lemon water in the morning or what have you. Yeah. If that can give me just a half percent edge, it's worth spending two weeks testing it or three weeks or four weeks looking at the long game. Um, so, so having that open mindset and, and by the way, just to go a little bit uh, meta here, that's one of the uh, reasons I've enjoyed uh, your podcast uh, and other good ones as well is that that's my strategy going into it. I'm looking for one thing. Yeah. That, when I listen to a podcast, for example, one thing I can test um, because I know that's going to be a good positive return on investment uh, of my time. Brilliant. I mean, that's a good a good promotion in terms of how, how I think people should appre- uh, approach this podcast as well or anything. It's, it's a great idea because like you say, if someone listens to this and they're like, get loads of value out and they've got so many things and th- they don't do anything with it, that's what, well, in my mind, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's not how it's intended. So, the, you know, the fact that you're coming into this and that's how I like to approach things where I'm at a seminar, just literally don't take tons of notes. Don't just enjoy everything. Just pick out what's specific, what's relevant to you. And more importantly, not that's interesting. You right, pick out one thing that you're going to try, you're going to do, you're going to action. I, I absolutely love that. So it's really good to hear that, you know, that's how using this as well. I love that. I mean, that, that's how I actually approach seminars, for example, yeah. workshops is, is that I go for three 
is that uh, once it's over, I'm going to pick three things and only three things, and then I'm going to implement them and, and as soon as possible, because then it gets done instead of having 20 pages of really cool notes that, yeah, I'll, I'll get to yeah. eventually, which and we all know eventually. <laughs> and I've done that. I remember some of my early, yeah, early sort of events I went to, you know, and you just so much good advice. And, uh, you know, and then a couple of months later, when you pull out all these crumpled notes out of your bag or something, you think, Hmm. And I remember you at the time you write, I'm like, this is gold dust. You're going to like, you're going to, but it's just too much. You know, if there's good stuff in there, it's going to get lost amongst all the, all the other notes. So I really limit myself. Um, and I but, find it much more effective. But one of the things I do is that, that, that I, I simply have to take a lot of notes. That's how my brain works. And yeah. then what I do at, at the end of a seminar is that I, I pick out 10, 15 things. Yeah. I literally compare them one by one and go, well, this thing versus this things. What do I feel will make the biggest difference to do? Yeah. That one. Okay. Then I'll compare it to the next one. So I end up with, I have a really high chance of having it be the three most powerful ones. Picking out of that, that's so important. You like you say, you do it at the end of the seminar. It's yeah. crucial. You have to do it then because even if you leave it like a day or so, then it's, it's just less likely to happen. But uh, yeah, you've got to come away from that seminar with consolidated down, just like simplified. Yeah. Then I, I want to share a, a cool story that, that it, it, it actually physically hurts me to, to say it. <laughs> I, I still realize how powerful it is, but I, I, I really don't think I could get myself to do it. But anyway, it, it's, it's a mentor of mine. He was part of, of, um, of Dan Kennedy's mastermind in the early 2000s. And, and what happened is that uh, they had, uh, I think it was three or four meetings. And then uh, at the end of the year, there was a big conference where they all agreed that they would share the results during the year. And then there was this guy who would show up to the first meeting and after three to four hours, uh, he would leave and wouldn't come back. He would take notes all the time and then he would leave. And then it happened uh, at the second meeting. And at that point, I think they paid $20,000 to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like when masterminds were kind of cheap. <laughs> but, um, and it happened again. And then they, they were like, this is really weird. So they were sort of chuckling to themselves when, when the, the final meetup was going to be. And then it turned out that he had outperformed all of them. And then Dan Kennedy asked him, said, so you had this habit of showing up for a couple of hours and taking notes and then leave. What, what was happening? And he said, well, he brought his team with him to the hotel and he rented a big room where all of them could be in. And after he took three pages of notes, he went up and they started to implement. And okay. I went, whoa. <laughs> because I couldn't do that because like you said in the beginning, I, I'm a nerd. So, I, you know, I thrive on learning new things. And, <laughs> Um, but I just, it, it's so powerful in terms of, of the, the power of, of taking wow. action versus uh, getting, you know, more stuff. Blimey. That is, that is yeah, that is, a, I've, I've heard of sim something similar to that before, but it's, like you say, it takes big balls to do that, <laughs> especially when you invested like that. And I, I, you know, my first for knowledge as well, it is, I'd love to stay there and just list, but you know, if you focus on the outcome sometimes if you've got the guts to you know jump upstairs and have that team ready and just focus on the you know action and implementation whew, that is you know it's a powerful story definitely i mean um, I'd, i would have them relaxed by the pool for two days <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. So I want to dig into what we sort of touched on earlier, sort of in terms of your approach to, you know, potential like trauma or, you know, challenges that, and turning that around. I know we touched on it briefly. I wonder if there's anything else you wanted to add to that. Well, I mean, the, the, the big idea behind that is, is not only the, the speed of integration, but also the fact that, that what I've discovered and, and seen all over the place is that, that quite often the, the things that we need to switch through, or the most important things we need to learn, we can get those from our own history versus, you know, reading biographies, studying courses, uh, books, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that because, hey, I'm the biggest nerd of all. <laughs> but um, what I, I noticed is that uh, I think it was both Brian Tracy and, and Tony Robbins who talked about the fact that 90, 93% of all successful millionaires have gone broke at one point mm. and the, the biggest difference between the ones who have went broke and the ones who made it again is that the ones who made it they applied what they learned from going broke into the new project so so what i did uh, like a long time ago is that I, I figured out well how can i sort of reverse engineer that process and it also came a little bit as a frustration of learning like NLP, energy psychology, hypnosis, et cetera, et cetera, that it would work quite well and it would work most of the times, but sometimes things would come back. Mm. Uh, and I usually worked on the belief level and then I, I went, well, um, how do beliefs get created? Well, it's from experiences. And then I got the idea that, well, wait a minute, uh, if we go on the experience level and then what would happen if we extracted what we could learn from that experience? while simultaneously releasing the negative emotions. So we have something positive to focus on. So now we're back into the, the power of focus. So instead of focusing on, on the things that went wrong, then it's focusing on what could we learn from it? Yeah. And then how can we actually apply that? And what difference would that make for uh, our future? Um, and and that's, a, 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 that's a hell of a, a powerful way to look at things. And it, it works even on some of the most traumatic things you could imagine. Nicely linked to that. What would you say your class is one of your biggest ever failures where it all, where you was going to learn a lot? <laughs> Whether it's failure, uh, you know, it could be professionally, personally, whatever you class as a big failure that, you know, potentially could have just been trauma, but you managed to turn it around or you learned from it, you feel? Well, I could pick out one thing, but it's happened a couple of times is, is not listening to my, my gut feeling or intuition, if you will, yeah. in terms of, of having certain people in my life. And and the, the solution I came up with for that is to set uh, sort of criteria pretty quickly of what needs to happen before I reevaluate this relationship, whether it's a personal or a, a professional one. So it, it doesn't become this sort of drawn out, quick, sane thing of things just slightly getting worse and worse and mm -hmm. worse. But that's actually, I, I know and I have decided that if this happens, I need to do something differently. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that's that's the thing is 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 not having set that thing up like years ago. <laughs> Who do you think would be a really good interview for a podcast from your network, um, and then also someone that if that you knew that was coming on the show, you'd love to listen and hear from them yourself. Uh, well, a good friend of mine, uh, his name is uh, Itzik Emil, and he's wrote he's written one of the, the best books on uh, on networking, and he's quite the networker himself. Oh, cool! You you have to you have to <laughs> message me his name because how <laughs> you yeah. spell that as well <laughs> and link me up. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely make the introduction because I I think networking is is going to be you know become more and more important because it's 
it's so easy to look the part these days. Mm. You know, anything from ClickFunnels, Kajabi in, in the business world, etc. Yeah. I mean, you can literally in a day, you can have a site that looks as well as the biggest experts out there. Yes. The thing about you being you and and sort of, yeah, I guess, utilizing that uh, in in networking and done the right way, not the fake way. So so that's why I, I definitely recommend him. Awesome. And you mentioned they, like, some great resources. I mean, is there a particular resource that you like to use yourself personally or you sometimes recommend to people? I'd say meditation then, um, whether you use apps for it. Uh, and, and not only meditation, for all the reasons you can you know, Google. The, the second point of, of, of that would be also to, uh, to test new things. Because one of the things I see with people who do meditate, and that is awesome, is that they tend to, to stick with one thing, uh, which again, has its value. It's inferior. I mean, it's, it's so much uh, better than not doing it. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think it's worth testing different ways of doing it. Who would you think would be perfect for this show that's not from your network that you'd like to listen into? I, I, I'd say it's uh, Mick Jagger. Um, Mick Jagger. <laughs> that would be awesome. One of my uh, ideals, in, not idols, but ideals in terms of, uh, of, of discipline and in terms of, of doing whatever it takes. I mean, um, and, and having the tenacity, the consistency, uh, like he does, I, I think that would be really interesting if someone had... Um, have the smarts to, to ask him about it because there's, there's going to be something there that that can be reverse engineered and it's not just the women you know <laughs> <laughs> quality well what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more michael lasten about live um i haven't decided yet if long term it's going to be where i post live videos or yeah. it's going to be uh, but otherwise uh hit me up on uh, on facebook at uh, the michael lasten in closing, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with or any questions you wish that asked, but you feel like I've missed a trick? I got asked a, a pretty cool uh, question um, like a couple of weeks ago, which I've heard before. The thing about if you had 30 seconds to, uh, to broadcast to the whole world, what would you say? And, and typically people go into all kinds of, you know, deep psychological, philosophical stuff. And I'm like, no, I give you my 30 second elevator pitch and say, buy my shit. <laughs> That's a hell of an advertising platform. And the thing is, my serious point being is that the thing is that so many people, even if they got smacked in the face with the deep truth of life, do you think they would either listen, let alone take action? Probably not. <laughs> I know it's, I'm being a little cheeky, but you know, the point is still there is that uh, you know, we are 7.5 billion or something like that. And it's just not going to be everybody who's going to appreciate your truth. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I love it. Well, great way to end the show. Well, Michael, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. If you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk, Within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW and jump on the inside. Let's connect, let's take it to the next level. Do the little guy a favor subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. <laughs>